You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast, released on the 6th of September, 2020. Oh, excellent. A ventilation shaft. Everywhere in this time and space at my disposal, and here I am. The whole of this blasted universe seems to be riddled with cramped metal conduits. I'm Benji, he's Nick, and have we got a lot of Doctor Who coming up for you this week in our world of Big Finish audio drama? The answer to that is, of course, yes, we have. We also tickle the world of torture, tickly torture at this, as we look at the reviews for the recent episode entitled Dinner and a Show, featuring Owen and Toshiko's Not Valentine's Valentine's Night at the Opera, or, or rather not. Mm. We delve behind the scenes on the Seventh Doctor adventure, The Flying Dutchman by Gemma Arrowsmith. And we tease you with the first 15 minutes of Doctor Who, The New Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, Volume 6, Episode 1, Have I Told You Lately by Tim Foley. Sounds like an episode title from The Beidebeck Affair, doesn't it? Which is no bad thing. <laughs> oh, I like Obscure it. Obscure like TV it. reference for you there. Look it up on the interweb, folks. The Beidebeck Affair. And if you thought that was tease as well, we got more teasers because we also tease you with the return of Callan, Volume 2, starring Ben Miles, Frank Skinner and some bloke called Nicholas Briggs. <laughs> Long awaited, much loved. What, me? <laughs> and naturally, all our regular features will be here for you to wrap your ear things around in a loving sort of fashion. We've mentioned the reviews, but there'll also be listeners' emails, the Randomoid Selectron and a brand new feature, Who's Rattling the Radiator? <laughs> I may have made one of those up quite disappointed i was looking forward to that i say we do it uh first up though the latest news on something that i know you've all been on the edge of your seats waiting for how is return of the cybermen going nick yeah well uh, yeah return of the cybermen if you didn't know um was the um you might as as doctor who fans if you are a doctor who fan listening you may have heard of revenge of the cybermen which was in tom baker's first season in 1975 it's a it's a story that a lot of people think is a bit tatty and rubbish but i love it i think benji you love it as well it's a you? decent story it's a decent yeah story. yeah it's got da, uh, da, um, da, 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 yeah crazy da, carrie blind music oh cyberman who speak like this <laughs> uh yeah and but the original script was called return of the cybermen and uh, the script editor at the time robert holmes read it and thought there's no way i'm not doing that it's by Der- jerry davis the uh, not Derek davis i don't know who he is probably jerry's brother um uh, jerry davis who was the co-creator of the cybermen and it's very much in the style of an old sort of patrick troughton story really and sort of retread some of that anyway so we've got the original script by jerry davis and we're doing a big finished doctor who lost stories about it and uh, I, as a sort of little vanity project, asked if I could, because I haven't done sound design for years. I've been doing a lot of music, as some of you may know. But so I wanted to do the sound design and music for it, as well as having directed it and helped adapt it. Um, so that that's that's what it is. And I just thought you'd like to hear his very interesting and in inverted commas conversation we had during the recording of a scene. It involves one of Tom Baker's favourite things. Shh shushes he loves them and finds them very amusing uh, wanting to get them in as much as possible so this is the kind of nonsense we got up to during the recording um so yeah i think if if tom you're going to say if you're going to say don't you shush me harry the probably the last thing he 
should say is shush before yes. that. Mm-mm-mm. Dr. Shush rather than Dr. Dr. Quiet. Shush. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, sir. I disagree. But, no. you know, if you oh. threaten to sack me, I'll change it. But it goes, <laughs> it goes, Dr. Quiet. Shh. And I say, don't you shush me. Dr. Quiet. Shh. Oh, yes, yeah. very no, good. No, very no, good. Yes, don't yes, you yes, shush yes. me, Harry Sullivan. I'm trying to save everyone's life here. Great. Yeah. Is, is that okay? Yes. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. So why did you say cut the shush? No, I didn't say cut the shush. I was saying cut the quiet so that he says shush, so that when you say don't shush me, he's just shushed. But that's quite all right if he says don't. Dr. Quiet, shush. shush. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, uh, excellent. All right, all right, all right sir. Um, Doctor. Mm, terribly useful hatch that, isn't it, Harry? I was right. That asteroid is inhabited. Shh. Do you know, I think it's crazy that he lets him speak for so long before saying shush. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Could I be shushing throughout? Is that, and is the that, doctor just keeps on talking? Uh, maybe, well, maybe you can make something of it. And I say, terribly mm. useful, uh, terribly mm. useful uh, um, hatch that, isn't it? You say, shh. Harry, I was right. Shh. Yes. That asteroid is inhabited. Shh. Yes, I yes. Don't you? Yeah, I've yeah. missed the other three. Do you think? Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Great. Do it. Thank you. Should we have a? Should we rehearse it? Yes, great. Well, we're recording it as well. So. Oh, oh, okay. Very so. good. Let's go from the top of the scene. Okay. Doctor. Terribly useful hatch, that, isn't it? Shh. Harry, I was right. Shh. That asteroid is inhabited. Shush. Don't you shush me. Ah. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, got wrong. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, I'm just, I just want to check something important. Shh. Um, yeah, you should shush him. It's... It, you should shush him during the line. The moment he starts being loud, you should shush him. Yes, yes. It's ridiculous to wait for him to be mm. loud. And then yes. Shush him. So, if you, Tom, you just want to run it on and I'll just shush yeah. him. All in right, the you keep going. Yeah, then yeah. you shush can do it. That, that, there's a line there. That can, uh, you can go, shh, 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 shh. And I can go, whoo, whoo. <laughs> uh, no. Well, it's all right if you don't want to do that. I understand. Ding, ding, all the time. Yeah. Well, there we are. I hope you enjoyed that. All up to date on Return of the Cybermen, uh, which will be released in March. 2021 so not too long now not too long yeah i know i'm I'm doing it i'm doing it (laughs) uh coming up pretty soon we'll be teasing you about callan volume two but it's time now to look at our latest reviews as we mentioned this week's reviews are concerning torchwood dinner and a show Mm. that's me thinking about dinner oh Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to have a nice lunch. I, Steph was making some soup this morning. Yeah. Mm. It's not just like my grandmother's old house, where she always used to get up in the morning, make breakfast, and put some soup on, so you had soup for elevenses. <laughs> Sounds nice. Welcome to the Cardiff Bay Millennium Hall. Please take your seats, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's performance of Faust is about to begin. From Big Finish Productions, Torchwood, Dinner and a Show. Wow, nice dress. Oh, oh, Yanta? How? Fab, fab tux. Wow. Where's. Listen. Why? It's a night off. Because the opera's infested with aliens. That's the fourth one. Why would anyone steal the fire escapes? To prevent escape in the event of a fire? So. Fire? That's it. There are 800 people slash beings in this building. And now, for the real performance. 
Big finish. We love stories. Happy Valentine's Day, Yato. Happy Valentine's Day, Tosh. But... Yes, yes, aliens, danger, blah, blah, blah. And you can find a Torchwood dinner and a show by going to bigfinish.com and typing dinner and a show into the search pane at the top, or even a show should actually do it too. Uh, the search pane is that little uh, sort thing of, at the top. Yeah, sort of round, round isn't it? Sort of round, yeah, with a, yeah. Like a magnifying glass. Uh, yeah. Helps you see. Raff, raffia base. Um, <laughs> resist it. You thought we'd got past that without saying it, didn't you? Never. Uh, first up. DoctorWhoWatch.com. You know, you've heard of those, Benji? Yeah, famous, uh, famous sort of uh, <laughs> every week. It's like, hello, welcome to the repetitive joke podcast where we just <laughs> say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Is it, it? You didn't say they're watch manufacturers. Anyway, no, no, they're not. Um, they're, they're they're watchmen now. There we go. They, watchmen. They they stand and watch like things. Cybermen. Cybermen. <laughs> uh, a dinner and a show is a fun and enjoyable story in the Torchwood range. After having stories as dark as Iceberg or Tropical Beach Sounds and other relaxing seascapes, Volume 4, which is very... Seriously, that's one of, a lot more disturbing than the title suggests, is what Doctor Who Watch says quite right. It's nice to hear something a little funnier and lighter for our characters. At the same time, Gareth David Lloyd unsurprisingly handles his characters well and gives them the exploration that they deserve. Well, IndieMacUs.co.uk says Dinner and a Show is a lighter release with the same character focus that one can expect from Torchwood. It's not an innovative story with some deep twist, but it's a good little hour-long mystery. Uh, 8 out of 10 for you there. Hmm. Cultbox.co.uk says both David Lloyd and Naoko Mori voice their roles with disarming ease. Of course, they know them inside out. Throughout the story, their interactions exhibit both warmth and believability, despite the deliberately daft setting. There are new things for their characters to grapple with, too. Toshiko gets a rare opportunity to act as the just-in-time heroine, while Yanto gets to be the gung-ho hero, as well as the ever-astute puzzle solver. There's some great mileage to be found in a story that unfolds in a single location, a place in which our heroes are trapped and unable to summon help. Whilst that's a familiar enough motif, uh, Ditto and a show find some novel and entertaining ways to tease that template. Oh, yeah. It's even better, the sobering prospect of uh, actually having to endure some operatic singing is thankfully minimised. That's four out of five stars. Well, you want to live in my house. We've got an opera singer down the road, so when it's sunny, she goes in the garden and does all that, yeah. It's nice if you like opera, which uh, is unfortunate because uh, I don't like it. Uh, There we go. (laughs) Thank you, Alan. Uh, sci-fipulse.net it's, got, it's quite a big old review chunk here that, that Alfie Shaw's put in yeah, yeah. here we go the story is set during Jack's hiatus from Tortured while clinging to the TARDIS exterior inside the vortex its functionality sorry it's functionally a two-hander with a supporting cast there to drive the plot along when necessary Yanto and Tosh have always been the quiet ones who keep their heads down and get on with the work David Lloyd constructs a funny, poignant portrait of love, friendship, music, cheap booze and alien uppers. All the while, the quiet ones have their say and get on with the work. I really appreciate how Yanto and Tosh confront hard truths without wallowing in those hard truths. I also really liked how David Lloyd foreshadows their ultimate fate without destroying all hope. 
Putting the character realization aside, the two alien species in the story allow David Lloyd to do some thought-provoking world-building of the sort that the original show's writers didn't always achieve. Best of all, though, Yanto and Tosh come full circle, reconnecting with an important Torchwood landmark. Oh, there we go. Big old one there. Well worth it, though. Yeah, well worth it, though. Well, blogtohu.com says, It's a nice change of pace to have Tortured Story focus more on positivity. Dinner, mm. dinner and a show is a fun adventure between two friends who really deserve to have a nice day every now and then. My real mm. takeaway is that we just need more funny Yanto buddy adventures from <laughs> Gareth David Lloyd. Yeah, well. Yes, who, who if you didn't know, he, he wrote it. Yes, very good. In the land of Twitter, at Real Magnus Bane says dinner and a show might be my favourite of the Torchwood audios, and I would absolutely love Girls' Night by Gareth David Lloyd to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Kathleen Lopez. Uh, says, Are you? Uh, well, oh. apparently I am. Yes. Uh, uh, just finished dinner and a show um, at Panchiers at Nikomori at Big Finish. Loved every minute. Hilariously brilliant, oh. clever script, and great to have Tosh and Yanto tackling a Torchwood spooky do together. Mm. Spooky do. And good old at Ploppy Lucian says dinner and a show. Another spellbinding addition to at Big Finish superb hashtag Torchwood range. This series gets better and better. Another outstanding script from the at Panchiers allows both him and Naiko Mori to shine in this fun audio. Ten out of ten. Jutta Sherlock says, New Torchwood, dinner and a show is great fun with some beautiful heartfelt moments. And now I really, and that's really in capital letters, want some more stories with Tosh and Yanto working together. At Big Finish, at Scott Hancock, at Panchiers, at Nokomori. Yeah, they should do it. And at Captain A. Amyo. Uh, sorry, I'm so Yo. bad at reading these things now. Amyo. Uh, just finished dinner and a show. Uh, no spoilers, but I can honestly say that everyone dies at the end. No, no, no spoilers. I can honestly say this is at Panchiers' best writing yet. Outstanding performance by both him and Nokomori absolutely witty brilliant and a fabulous addition to the tortured missions highly recommend listening best thing to do to an audio drama well that's it there'll be more reviews next week when we delve into the cherry anderson audiobooks among other things Coming up so soon you can taste it in the air. Mm. Listeners' emails. But before that, we tease you about Callan Volume 2. David Callan works for The Section, a top secret counter espionage organization. He's a killer, a trained assassin, and the best at what he does. But that doesn't mean he has to like it. With the aid of the burglar, lonely, fellow operative Mears and section secretary Liz, Callan fulfills the orders of departmental headhunter and finds himself in very murky waters. 
It was originally broadcast in 1967. Callan took the burgeoning world of spy drama and brought a much darker tone to the genre. With James Bond's career beginning in film in 1962, Michael Caine's Harry Palmer beginning in 1965. Hello. (laughs) And hot on the heels of the surreal series, The Prisoner. In 1967, Callan took a darker approach to espionage. Having similar responsibilities to MI5, Callan used the most ruthless and lethal techniques to get the job done, each method meticulously filed by the section, the organisation behind Operative Callan, colour-coding each lethal tactic. Four series of the original television series were produced between 1967 and 1972, plus a cinema film released in 1974 and a TV comeback in 1981. And now Callan obviously has returned to audio at Pig Finish. It's adapted from series creator James Mitchell's Sunday Express short stories by his son Peter Mitchell. Brilliant stuff. These new adventures expand the themes explored in the television show. Well, here's what reviews said about Callan Volume 1. So Blogger Who says, Engaging scripts, expert directing, perfect performances, complemented by brilliant sound design and music, make this first volume of Callan essential listening to anyone interested in the spy thriller genre in any way. The Unmutual said, One word to describe this set? Superb. Mitchell has got the pacing of his adaptations totally in tune with the original series. Starburst, which was previously Opal Fruits, says this is a collection of pithy, well-observed dramas full of fantastic character interactions. An excellent debut for Callan in the first full-cast audio format. This is more than welcome addition to the growing roster of darker, bleaker, tougher dramas on Big Finish's books. Uh, Cultbox says... Callan is another surefire recreation of period television for Big Finish and seems to have bags of potential for more. And so, at last, Volume 2 is out later this month, featuring four exciting episodes or files. That's, each episode is called File on Earth, uh, you see. So the first one is File on a Difficult Don, uh, a Morning Mother, an Elusive Engineer and an Angry American. Here's the flipping trailer for Volume 2 of Callan. From Big Finish Productions, Callan, Volume 2. You're Scotch, Sir Galahad. Up yours, Lancelot. Well, this is nice, isn't it? What are we doing? Socialising. Well, I mean, turning over birds' drums isn't nice, Mr. Callan. But consider this, you'll be a peeping Tom who's 100 quid better off. Well, why didn't you say so in the first place? Hunter's instructions, only you and I are to see the file. It doesn't leave the room and the door must be kept locked at all times. It doesn't say anything about Shin Bet. Shin Bet. There are Israeli equivalents. They're as good as any in the world. Tough, dedicated. Are you the welcoming committee? From Giles College, Oxford. There's a conference of historians there. Which one do I kill? You okay? The thing is, Hunter, I want a guy knocked off in the UK. Did he just say that he wanted to come to England to kill somebody? Move it, Toby! Look out! The Jag's coming past on your right! Birdie shotgun? Big thing like that could make a terrible mess of a small flat like this. It would make a terrible mess of you. It's pointing straight at your midriff. There's always the possibility that you will fail. Then I'll die. Big finish. We love stories. Brace yourself! We're going into the ditch!
And remember that that's out this month, September 2020. Uh, which is September now, isn't it? Um, to make sure yeah, you get your copy, just go to bigfinish.com, type Callan, that's C-A-L-L-A-N, and you put yes. that into the sort of search pane at the top, the sort of rounded sort of, it's like a, you know, it oh, helps yeah. you sort of, yeah, you know, you get the idea. Uh, and you can catch yeah, up with yeah. Volume 1 too. There's also a free episode, that's right, free, uh, called uh, File on a deadly dead shot so do get your your ears around that one because it's free you know you can't yeah you're not going to pay for it and this is uh, uh people the people who love it it's uh, uh really love it and we're so sorry that volume two has taken so long to come along but as i may have mentioned before it's you know getting ben miles and frank skinner together uh, scheduling wise has proved very <laughs> challenging even though both of them have continually expressed their desire to do the second series it, it, it took a while so you know let's make Callan a huge success and maybe we can do some more I do honestly think that Peter Mitchell's scripts for it are among the absolute best scripts I've read for Big Finish because they're so precisely what they should be for the series it's just and you know, being in it as well, playing Hunter, it's just such a joy to act those lines. I love it. You get in the message. Well, I think the thing is as well, it's, it's, it's worth noting, you know, we love what we do at Big Finish. Everybody does and everybody puts all that effort into making things worthwhile. And so doing things like Catelyn and things like The Prisoner and that, even if you come from Doctor Who background and, and science fiction is, is, is what brings you here, it's worth uh, checking out the other stuff because it's surprising what little rabbit holes at Big Finish you can go down and discover mm. these completely different uh, series that you might never have watched before. So, yeah. Yes. Good. How about that then? Very exciting. And I know that many of you have been waiting and waiting for that, as have I. Uh, something else I know you've been waiting for too, and I mean you, the listener, and Benji Clifford, Time now for listeners' emails. Well, that's the thing about emails, isn't it? Unlike files, because, you know, I mean, I suppose technically they're files, but unlike files that you fit in a filing cabinet, emails are just yes. sort of virtual. They, they sort of just exist out there, don't but they, they, really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if we had a filing cabinet full of emails, I mean, we'd have to mm. rent another warehouse, wouldn't we, just, just to we hold would. them in? We would. But the beauty yeah. is it takes you nothing. You don't even have to pick up a pen. All you need to no. do is send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com. Com. Send it there Shabadoo. and we'll get it. And it might even get read out. You never know. I don't know why I said Shabadoo then. There's something wrong with me. Well, Shabadoons, then, if you're not sure. <laughs> hey! well, this first one here is from Hannah Lynch Fries. Uh, the subject in this one is podcast question. Do you think, do you think there's going to be a question asked? Who knows? I don't know. Um, dear Nick and Benji, I'm a newest listener to the podcast and have been enjoying it a lot recently. This Phew. is more of a question towards Nick. Uh, I've heard yeah. that you have heard you as the war doctor in the audiobook engines of war oh yeah yeah i yeah. did that for the bbc yeah uh could there be a reprisal of that role for a big finish drama i've oh. enjoyed it for countless hours and the authenticity of nick's john hurt impression from that story uh consequently i have wondered if it has been considered as the avenue to continue to explore stories within the time war uh continuing this line of questioning uh, could there ever be a production involving the war doctor and the war master 
Sure. Safe wishes to the both of you and to all of Big Finish Productions. I love your stories. In time and space, Hannah. There we go. Nick? Oh, well, I mean, uh, it's not something we're actively considering. I mean, uh, at Big Finish, you know, people don't like to uh, encourage uh, what they see as my megalomania too much. <laughs> Uh, by having me do too much work. Anyway, uh, next up from Jack Snelling. He sent a listener's email um, on the 2nd of September uh, entitled Eighth Doctor. Cue listener's email background music. He said, don't worry, it's already on. It's already on, Jack. Yes, roll him. Hello. I hope you are keeping well and safe. I am. Uh, Straight to business, as it were. You've done amazing things with the Eighth Doctor and given him incredible companions, the latest of which being the incredible Liv and Helen. But I was wondering if we can expect more of his other companions. For example, I'm sure hundreds of people, me included, would do anything for more Lucy Miller, especially Vortex editor Kenny. Uh, well, we know. Yes, I made Kenny's <laughs> day when I said when I phoned Sheridan and um, no, actually, I phoned Kenny. I was with Sheridan. And I said, OK, Kenny, I've got someone who wants to talk to you. And it was Sheridan who was like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> uh, because Sheridan is amazing. So please, more of her. But also, could we ever get more of Eight and Charlie or even Kerry's or Kerry's or however it was pronounced, whichever week Gary Russell was deciding how it should be pronounced as well. Uh, whether we do or not, though, I'm extremely grateful for what you have done with his doctor. And I can't wait for what the future Cheers, guys. Jack. Well, yes, Jack. Um, We obviously want to do more Lucy Miller and we obviously want to do more Charlie. Uh, It took a long time for us to uh, get Sheridan back because she just skyrocketed. And I think she's got a lot on her plate at the moment, uh, bringing up a baby there. Um, But I know she enjoyed coming back and said she would always come back. So hopefully we can find a way. There's more to it than an actor saying, I'd like to do it. There's lots of other stuff that has to be sorted out, not least scheduling, and especially in the crazy world situation we're in at the moment with the pandemic. Um, Yes, there is something in the pipeline with Charlie Pollard. Uh, There's a final series of uh, the Charlotte Pollard series, but there's also something else being planned too. So there you go. That's sort of an exclusive. Nothing for Kerry's, basically, because we can't, we don't know how to pronounce his name. No, that's not true. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, there's nothing planned for that. I mean, yeah, I think he had a kind of finite storyline that's very closely uh, plotted, and it's difficult to zip anything in there, I think. Whereas with the others, I think there's plenty of opportunities. I finished speaking. Oh, there we go. Well, there's one more here. Uh, it's from Adam <laughs> Graham. Uh, subject of this one is Out of Time, Benny and Excellus. Mm. Dear Nick and Benji, I just listened to Out of Time this weekend and I wanted to let you know how much I enjoyed it. Tom Baker and David Tennant were fantastic and had some great scenes together. I particularly liked Tom Baker's last speech in there. Um, I really appreciated how you shared uh, he asked for changes in the script so that his doctor didn't come off as harsh. Uh, I don't typically sign up for bundles uh, that require an 18 month wait to get it all, but I'll gladly be making an an exception for this series and look forward to Peter Davison and Colin Baker getting their chance. Uh, thanks so much uh, also for beginning the long process of making the original Benny Summerfield series available as a download. Mm. Um, it's a relief to all those of us who have limited shelf spaces and slash or are far too cheap to pay for shipping 
from the UK. Um, I've been listening to her box sets from the early 2010s and will go and start on these as soon as I'm finished. Um, that does bring up something that I wanted to ask about. Big Finish has made a lot of progress in getting download rights. By my count, there are only three full-cast Doctor Who audios that aren't available as downloads. That's Real Time and Sharda, and they're probably never going to be able, uh, never, never going to be available due to being made with the BBC. The third one is Excellus Decays uh, with Sylvester McCoy. Ace, is there any chance that one might be made available? as a download. In many ways, the Excellus miniseries was a precursor to all of the monthly adventures trilogies that you did for so many years. However, uh, only the first two are available as downloads, which means that CDs must be purchased to get to the end of the story. Any chance that Excellus decays, and also the Bernie Summerfield slash Iris Wildtime follow-up, The Plague Herd of Excellus, might get a download release. Best regards, Adam Graham sent from the plague herds of Boise, Idaho. Interesting. Is it Boise? Boise could be Boise. Could be Boise. Could be Boise. Let us know, Adam. We 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 messed that up for you right at the end, didn't we? There with our ignorance. Um, uh, you know, it's a very boring short answer, which is we're working on it. I think you may be right about real time and Sharda. That's a difficult one because there's the whole Douglas Adams um, estate as well. With that, Um, yeah. So. More emails next week after that slightly unsatisfactory answer. Uh, it's all, all I can say at the moment, but it's it's worth asking. We'll keep plugging away. Thanks so much for writing in. We love hearing from you. Uh, remember, the address to send your emails to is podcast at bigfinish.com. Well, coming soon is the Randomoid Selectron, where we give you 25% discounts on a randomly selected Big Finish release. But first, it's time now to go behind the scenes with the first of this month's double bill of Seventh Doctor Adventures, The Flying Dutchman. I'm Matt Fitton, and I script edit on the Seventh Doctor Adventures. So for this one, we're back in that fantastic era, post the harvest, after Hex has joined the crew, and the Doctor and Ace are kind of showing him the ways of time travel and uh, righting wrongs and, and solving mysteries. And to me, this was a really special era of big Finnish Doctor Who. It felt to me like, you know, proper emotional storytelling. I've said it before, this it's kind of a bit like the Buffyverse to me, this, this era, the, the Ace and Hex period. So it's, it feels really special to go back there and, and revisit that relationship and the way that the dynamics of this trio work. My name's Sam Clemens and I'm the director of this episode of Doctor Who, The Flying Dutchman. We've landed somewhere sunny. Let's not get our hopes up. Shall we find out? Indeed. Maybe it'll be an all new galaxy for me to explore. Lovely. Good, good, good. Our dynamic trio land on a ship in 1742 and this particular ship feel that they have or have seen the ghostly flying dutchman ship which is a a a bad omen for all nautical people and (laughs) and sailors and forebodes bad things and uh they 
sort of enter directly into their into this sort of uh, fracas of, of superstition and worry and concern and it's great it's a great great script and full of lots of I don't know it's it's very it's all very visual actually it's a very visual piece you could totally see this as a as a as a film or something it's, 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 there's a lot going on and lots of characters and very exciting it was an exciting episode to do my name is Sophie Aldred and I play Ace well the doctor and Ace and Hex are talking initially about alien planets and so on and then Oops, the TARDIS takes them to good old Earth again and they realise they're on actually on the deck of a ship and this whole episode, story, takes place on the, uh, the good ship Isabella. I can just see it in my mind's eye, you know, I can see it with all its beautiful rigging and you can almost, well, I'm sure there will be in post-production, obviously, as we're recording it, there are not the sounds of the creaks of the mast and the, the deck and so on and the sound of the water. So, yeah, it's quite an atmospheric one, this one. My name's Sylvester McCoy. I play Doctor Who number seven. Well, there's more occurring here than we are aware of. That's for certain, and I think... But you and Ace are more than capable of working things out for yourself. Yes, they see the Flying Dutchman, a ghostly ship that sails the high seas. Well, the crew are between heaven and hell, I think. And uh, every time they pass a ship, they yell to the other ship, How have you seen the one I love? It's very sad, their life. Anyway, I think Coleridge wrote about it. <laughs> My name is Philip Olivier and I play Hex. Well, in this one, um, Hex is kind of tied up most of the time is <laughs> go on ace go on ace ace is doing all the fighting so uh yeah it kind of stays out of harm's way which is great but it's the um it's the fear of the ghosts and the ghost ship of the flying dutchman which is uh, right in his head throughout the story my name is Carly Day and I am playing Archie. She really surprises herself and I think just the journey that she does make because she does form this really lovely relationship with Ace I think Ace kind of brings it out of her that she can do all these things and she doesn't have to hide behind who she is and that she can, you know, she can still fight. My name is Nicholas Kahn and I'm playing Alexander Marfleet. This has, without doubt, been an eventful voyage. But we have come through it changed and I like to think changed for the better. It's a nice dynamic to play within it and the way we discover the real, you know, the real sort of the super objective of Unsworth. I think it's a... All of a sudden you see both of those characters completely different and you, you root whoever you choose to root for. Hopefully they'll go with my story. But I can still empathise with, with Unsworth to a degree in the way that I give out what I decide for him to do to stay on the ship. My name's Stephen White and I'm playing uh, Chief Mate Unsworth. The Doctor here has taught me I'm a better man than that. It's not obvious. There is not betrayal upon betrayal. I think that, you know, Marfley is good enough to understand why and how... Unsworth behaves what he does. Hello, my name's Nigel Fares. I'm playing Curtis and Crewman One. Curtis is an old sea dog of that sort of old pirate variety. He's lovely. He's, he's doom everywhere he goes and that sort of thing. Lovely, lovely old character. Yeah. Uh, and the, the Crewman is a sort of young, 
quite anxious sort of uh, chap who just gets involved in all the fighting and everything. So, yeah. That was great fun uh, with us all in there pretending to be luring the yard arm and, <laughs> and <laughs> from our little booths all getting seasick. Yes, it's great fun. Great camaraderie, of course. And if you want to get your hands on this one out this week, go to bigfinish.com and type Flying Dutchman into this search pane at the top. The search pane is that uh, thing. Sort it's, of, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a real pain, but it's searching. Well, you know, it's, it does its job. Well, coming up pretty darn soon is our 15-minute free drama tease of Doctor Who, The New Adventures of Bernie Summerfield, oh. Volume 6, Lost in Translation, uh, Episode 1, Have I Told You Lately, by Tim Foley. But before that, it's time to give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected finish Yes, it's the randomoid selectatron. It's number five of the Sherlock Holmes series, The Sacrifice of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I obviously have um, a vested interest in this because I'm in it. Here's the trailer. You're, you're on the cover there. Yes. Trailer. Here it is. Agamemnon! 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 Who am I, sir? I'm every boy who was ever betrayed by his father. I wish first to thank you for attending this occasion to mark the regrettable passing of my brother. I'm every child who was abandoned to rot or thrown to the jackals or treated like offal. He was unquestionably murdered. I'm every baby who's had to fend for himself in this brutal, bloody world. The tremor shook the Myrmidons. None dared look on it, but all fled. Not so Achilles. In him, fresh vengeance kindled at the view. And while he gazed, a splendor as of fire flashed from his eyes. Holmes! Do you believe me now, gentlemen? Kill me before this change is complete. I cannot... I will not shoot you in cold blood! Watson, oh. give me your revolver. Holmes, no! Did you know, Watson, that London, upon its foundation, was said to have been called New Troy? I did not. Those who founded it were, according to legend, the sole survivors of the Greek attack upon their own city. And as for Atreus' son, you will, I am sure, recall that gentleman's name. When Holmes turned back, his face was a mask of bleak determination. It was Agamemnon. Now look at that stack of lovely reviews there. Uh, yeah, The Sacrifice of Charlotte Holmes really is a must-listen. From Starburst magazines. It's frequently surprising, occasionally emotional, and never less than engrossing. Big Finish have delivered a spectacular Sherlock Holmes story unlike any other. Jonathan Barnes, brilliant writer. Uh, it's great title. Have you heard these titles? The Prophet in the Rain, The Body in the Garret, The Beast in the Darkness, and The Ooh. Shadow in the Water. So evocative. Well, I think uh, as well it says here, you know, Nicholas Briggs and Richard L. effortlessly convince. Uh, it's a fantastic and compelling tale. That's from Ro Roger Johnson, the editor of the Sherlock Holmes Journal. I mean, if you oh, want a seal of approval, you know, if you want a seal of approval, take That's it from, nice, from the editor of the Sherlock Holmes Journal, I say. 
So, yes, I think I was playing an older Sherlock Holmes in this. Anyway, yes, and Richard Earle as the fantastic... Well, the fantastic Richard Earle as Dr Watson is the way I should phrase it. Haven't seen Richard in ages because of lockdown. That's, um... Oh, makes me quite nostalgic, this. Anyway, yeah, you get 25% off. And the way you get 25% off is that you go to the Big Finish website and you select podcasts. You find the latest podcast, and in the text it says the Randomoid Selectatron also features. Click here. You click there, you enter the podcast, um, the the code, uh, which is uh, BUCKUP, B-U-C-K-U-P, all capital letters, no spaces. And then that gives you the discount on Sherlock Holmes, the sacrifice of Sherlock Holmes. It's Sherlock just Holmes, Sherlock simple, Holmes, isn't it, really? You know, Very good. Once you lay it out like that, simple. It's, there's no arguing, is there? Yeah, there is no arguing, that's the thing, you know. Well, expertly explained. Uh, so thank you, Nick. And thanks, Ran, as well. What a diamond you are. Oh, uh, there we go. Well, sadly, it is time for us to say goodbye, isn't it? Next week, we'll be talking about the Eighth Doctor, Time War 4, um, well, Volume 4. But now, we're wishing you a fond farewell in the style of some macaroni cheese. <laughs> oh, God knows what that'd be. So it'd be a sort of... <laughs> And while we're away, why not thrill yourselves with a generous slice of Lisa Bowman and David Warner in Doctor Who, The New Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, Volume 6, Lost in Translation, Episode 1. Have I Told You Lately? By Tim Foley. Summerfield. Definition of a bad start. I'm frustrated, it needs saying, but if people leave holes in the middle of the floor, they ought to have enough decency to put the lights on. Or at least display one of those yellow signs you see in supermarkets. Warning. Potential plummeting. Summerfield! My ankle. I landed on my ankle. This is especially unfair because either one of us could have tumbled down here, but since I did it, there's going to be such a tone in your voice. Doctor! Doctor! Oh, unbelievable. Things he'll do these days to get away from me. You should have waited for the torches instead of... Look, if you can hear me, I'm going to find some light. I can't hear you. Whatever you do, don't throw yourself down after me. My good humour is already squashed to pieces. I don't want the rest of me to follow suit. So what is this place? Blindly fumbling around in the dark, this is what I'm reduced to. So, I'm in some kind of... Oh, excellent. A ventilation shaft. Everywhere in this time and space at my disposal, and here I am. The whole of this blasted universe seems to be riddled with cramped metal conduits. You're taking the blame for this, Summerfield, and I acknowledge that it's irrational and unreasonable, but it fuels me, and I think it makes my ankle feel better. Just don't leave me on my own down here for too long. No. I might need to redefine on my own down here. Because clearly, I spoke too soon.
one torch in the TARDIS, and it's my torch. You have a box marked multiple torches, but it's full to the brim with luminous eggs. No disrespect to whichever glowing chicken you plucked those from, but they're not quite as portable as a... bog-standard flashlight. Right. That's... It's quite a drop. I definitely can't see you. No idea how far it goes. Maybe I can drop an egg and listen out for the crack. (laughs) If you hadn't leapt out immediately upon landing, always quick to leave the ship when an argument is brewing. It's a sixth sense with you. If you stay right there... Oh. Stay right there. You might be injured. Maybe you can't move. Oh, look, just, just don't panic. I'm going to find a light switch. Somewhere? This is a big room. This is a very big room. And I can confirm that's the only hole in the floor. So of course you managed to throw yourself down it. There's an unusual design around the rim here. Almost looks organic, but it's not. Whatever it is, it's not cordoned off. No signs of warning. Perhaps this room isn't regularly frequented. Chances are... Chances are you're a non-threatening life form that's just a bit surprised by the fact I've dropped in for a visit. Yes, well, I'm not surprised. Really am these days. In fact, I travel with someone who has a surprise in their name, so no surprises there. If you can point me to the exit, if you can point. You know what? Any form of pointing is probably pointless. I can't see you. If only I had a luminous egg. Yes, I can't see you, but I can hear you. The increase in volume is quite unnecessary. Actually, that's rather interesting. I thought you were getting closer, but you're not, are you? You're getting louder. So, are you static in one place? Let me shuffle a little closer to you. And if you can resist the urge to wander away, you'll probably be doing better than my friend up there. Whatever you do, don't wander off. The last thing I want you to do is, I don't know, start a rebellion before I've even heard the whisper of revolution. I'll try to find some rope. And yes, I already checked the box marked multiple ropes. Remind me to have a word with you about your filing system. (sighs) Hello? Hello? Well, I have to say, Doctor, this is the most nondescript place we've visited in a while. (laughs) This is me admitting we visited some dull old haunts in the last few weeks. But I'll not say that to your face. You'll only feel justified. Even so, this place. No doors, no details, no anything. Just a large, echoey chamber. (laughs) Guess that ceiling is a little striking. I mean, it's hardly the Space Sistine Chapel. It looks like a, I don't know, a dome that's been pinched in the middle. But it's something. And when you're in one of your moods, I will cling on to... So, there's something at least. And that something is a creepy little sound in the corner of the room. Hello? 
If you had me calling the place boring, and let's face it, you probably did. The acoustics are phenomenal. I can, I can only apologise. My friend and I haven't had a good run of things lately. Rigel 4 was particularly... Hold on, I'm coming towards you. Always the wisest course of action, striding towards the unknown. I, um, I, I can't actually see where you are. Can you keep making a noise? Uh, whoever you are, I need your help. That friend of mine, I've mislaid him. He, he's called the Doctor. You're down this way, aren't you? And you've stopped wailing at me, so that's something. Well, what's this new noise, then? Can you understand me? Are you even capable of understanding? Oh, the modulated voice, the constant repetition. Oh, just a second. Oh! Oh, yes, that's the wall. And you're coming from behind a grill. It's a speaker, a loudspeaker. Oh, I know what you are. You're a computer interface. Oh, signs of intelligent life then. I was beginning to doubt it with a giant hole in the floor. How do you work? I can't see any buttons near the speaker. Lights. On. Lights on. Hmm. Not voice activated then. Unless you don't like my tone. Something else the doctor's been going on about lately. You copied my falling cry, and now you're copying... Ankle? Surprise? No, you wouldn't seize on a random word. You'd latch onto something said over and over again. Maybe something said in a certain tone. If I assume you're linked across wherever we are, maybe you're not just copying me, you're also copying Summerfield. I'm afraid repeating the same noise over and over won't help me understand you. Or maybe it will. I am getting flashbacks to when I tried to train Woolsey. This was exactly my technique. The name over and over... You're talking to me! Summerfield! And I don't think I've had the pleasure of introducing myself yet, so you must be getting that name from... <sighs> Doctor! Summerfield. So, either you've heard her calling me, or cursing me, most likely a combination of the two, or perhaps this is Summerfield herself, trying to reach me. Summerfield, is that you? Summerfield. Doctor! Well, I'm going to assume it's him. Even in the tone, I can hear the grouchy superiority. He's conscious, at least. I don't feel quite so obliged to shimmy on down after him now. To be honest, we could probably do with some time apart. If this is the comm system, Doctor, it's unusual if it doesn't allow for direct verbal interaction, isn't it? Maybe we just haven't figured that out yet. You okay? Are you safe? Right. If I am speaking to the Doctor, we don't have the most talkative of interfaces. If you're a communications device, there's a distinct lack of communication here. 
I'm going to assume you're damaged. That would explain the dark and the sheer drops in the floor. And in addition to damaged, I'm going to take a wild guess and suggest the place is deserted, since it sounds like you're dusting off phonetic cobwebs. Nobody to talk to. I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted. Yet you must have communicated with others once upon a time, if you were developed with language acquisition, or at least you were intended to communicate with others. So either you've never been activated, or... Hmm. Hard reset? Ancient technology giving way to entropy? Doctor. Yes, that's me. I'm the doctor. I'm the sort of person to make an awful lot of deductions from two syllables. And I'll admit I could be completely wrong. Maybe this place is staffed by a silent order. Or creatures with no mouths. If I was in a better mood, I would consider every possibility. But my ankle is throbbing, so I'll pause with the theorising and skip straight to the fiddling. And if you don't mind, I'm going to prise off your covering and see exactly what the problem is. Before I go tugging at your circuitry without a clue what I'm doing, you've let my name, yes? Summerfield. Yes, excellent. And it's Summerfield, not Benny or Bernice, so you've definitely picked that up from the Doctor. Whatever you are, you learn through repetition, recognition, like most basic artificial intelligences. Summerfield. I'll take that as a yes. And if I ask for, say, the lights on, theoretically, I should be able to teach you that, yeah? Lights on. Oh, the concept of on. Um, uh, uh, let me demonstrate uh, with my torch. Uh, this is off. This is on. Off. On. Off. On. Is this making any sense? It's just teaching undergraduates again. Once we've mastered a beam of light, we'll hop, skip and jump away from a juicy slideshow. I don't know if you can see the light, or if there's even a sensor. Uh, is there any more to you besides the speaker? Speaker. New word! Oh, that's promising. Yes, that's this thing. The speaker. I guess that's you too. You are the speaker. 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 Yes. You just can't really speak yet. But as long as you keep listening to me, oh, and the doctor too, I presume he'll talk to you. Try to have a serious conversation, then he freezes. But wind him up with a mention of, oh, I don't know, self-sealing envelopes, and he can't help but go off on one. On one, yes. Apparently ticks out all the fun of correspondence. Oh, off, yes, off. The lights are currently off. And if you switch them on... On. Oh, oh, wonderful. One. Wonderful, yes, yes. Right. The floodlight doesn't offer much more than the torchlight. Not a great deal to see. The walls are a lot more contoured than at first glance. Makes the cavern look like uh, we're on the inside of a giant sack. Yes, still won't be buying any postcards from your gift shop. Though a gift shop would be good right now. Or even just another room, but still no exits. Ah, 
Maybe this is all there is. Oh. Um. On. Better. One. Off on one. Go off on one. Well, you're certainly grasping at words now, aren't you? Suppose that's how you're going to grow. If we talk, talk to you, try to have a serious conversation. Yes. Well, I'd better be careful about what I say. You've been pleasuring your ear things with a big finished production. Oh, uh, why not rate, review, and if you fancy it, subscribe? Oh, yes.